Hundreds and hundreds of years ago, a wanderer came to the mouth of the Silver River. It was an empty, peaceful place then, full of the echoing cries of seabirds and the soft waves of a river that glittered, radiant in the sunlight, full of leaping fish. And in that peace and emptiness, the wanderer, completely alone and peerless, declared herself countess. Today, a wanderer came to the mouth of the Silver River. It is a cheerful place now, full of the shouts of people and the creaking of boats that wait, their sails bright in midday, in a harbor full of people and goods from all over the continent. She came in just one of many boats, just one of many travelers from just one of many places. Right now, the two are about to meet. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I am your host, King Cat, and I am drawing a blank as to what else I can say. You know me, it's Cat. Come on, it's Cat. Cat King Cole. Very good, excellent. With me are three more people you know. You know Nick. You remember Nick. Hello. And of course, you know Kirsten. There's Kirsten over there. I'm here. You can't, well, I I am over here. You can't see me, but I'm, I'm here. Kirsten's always right there, invisible, watching. If you ever wonder where your chips have gone in the middle of the night, you know. And you also know Kathleen. Oh my God, it's been so long. How are you? Only one of us decent enough to show an interest in you, the listener. (laughs) The rest of us only care about memes. Uh, Well, we have a podcast to do right now, but you're going to tell me all about it later, okay? Tell us all about it at Peach Garden RPGs on Twitter. We're getting at it early. Yeah, absolutely. So, last time on Sword of Symphonies, you guys fought the left hand of the Countess. You guys shot an arrow into a space that is effectively fabric. And you guys opened up the way to escort all of the children back out into the world proper. And before following them, you guys realized that this wasn't over yet. By which I mean... Tissa decided this wasn't over yet. Yeah. And that's where we find our heroes. Hooray. We are going back into the crazy zone. Mm-hmm. Back into the crazy zone it is. I mean, I'm here for it. So about our hole in space time, you said last time that the tide was coming in. Yes. Is it like flowing into the zone? Is the zone in danger of swallowing up the entire ocean? It is not. Okay. The entrance that Penelope's fire arrow had made is about a foot and a half to two feet off the ground. Mm -hmm. So there's time before you have to worry about that. Okay. That time is right now. (laughs) So I think that our plan was like in terms of mysteries left to explore... Uh, We got attacked by the left hand trying to go underneath the veil, right? Mm Mm-hmm. She didn't want us leaving. Or at least I assume so. Yeah. I think that Tiss is going to... Well, I don't know. Like, what's the situation? Like, I guess we had all of the piles of coins and we've got the hole in the veil. And what's... Like, set the setting for us. Okay. So, within the veil, everything is silent. There are piles upon piles of what you now know to be smooth, glittering river stones, pretending 
quite convincingly to be silver coins. Inside, there is silence. Outside, there is the whisper of the sea, and until relatively recently, there was shouting. The shouting has died down now. Inside, there is still air that is warm and dry. Outside, you can feel the moisture of the sea. You were able to tell that the area within the veil is not quite so large as it appears, though it is quite larger than it by rights should be. The veil itself was difficult for you to find and make contact with, and your chalk trails meander around within this circular area, as if being turned this way and that, largely independent of the direction you were walking. Outside, there is a glimmer of moonlight that does not quite make it in through the fire-burned hole in the veil. Inside, there is only the light of your lanterns. So you think if we touch it again, another demon comes out? Tissa's going to sort of remember what Penelope was doing when the left hand interrupted us and see if she can like sort of find that way under that Penelope was looking for. I can roll an assist as well, being as I was also looking in the same spot. Let's poke it with sticks. Let's poke it with sticks. Excellent. Very good. Proud of you. Only one success and one edge with adaptability mid-ranged weapons. With one success and an edge, you can see where the kind of hole in the veil is, and it seems to move away from the point of your spear. Uh, Tissa's going to grab at that space. Okay. So you get a fistful of what feels like soft, cool, smooth fabric. It's actually dollars. (laughs) What? (laughs) Lots of money. What, y'all never heard of a fistful of dollars? Fistful of dollars? Yeah, Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. (laughs) Like... You're a criminal? <laughs> like, that That took me a second. Sorry. You do not need to apologize to this man. The, the person I was aiming it at got it. Yeah, I guess that's what matters. I would like everybody to roll me adaptability focus. Penelope's great at that. Two successes. I suppose since you asked nicely. Mm. One success. That's a pretty bad roll. No successes. Cobb is not paying attention. He's too busy making fistful of dollars jokes to himself. What happens is as you grab just a handful of fabric and I'm assuming pull it slightly toward yourself. Mm -hmm. There is a sound. There is a sound like the trickling of water. Cobb you notice that seawater is beginning to pour in not only from straight ahead where Tissa is, but from other angles as well. Um, As if this disruption in the fabric has rendered it too delicate to hold the sea out. uh, We have a shorter time frame than we would expect here, crew. Uh, We need to hurry it along. And Cobb is just going to sort of, like, point at the, the seawater. Oh. Um, Tissa, 
You cannot feel any water, and you recognize full on this is not happening. Um, Tissa is gonna, like, cock her head to the side and, like, like, confused, and then is going to sort of touch Cobb on the shoulder because she has the no mental effects thing from last week still, I assume. Yeah, and that's gonna, yeah, as Tissa lays a hand on your shoulder, you become aware that you can see water pouring in, but you cannot feel it. Huh. Man, I wish it was this easy on the boat. (laughs) (laughs) This is... I'm wondering if there's a way we can keep ourselves from falling for her her tricks. Red, you seem to, to like... You looked like you were finding a way through last time. Like, I can pull on this and, like, I don't... I don't really get it. Hmm. Let me... Let me see. Let me... Let me... Um, see, it's right here. And I don't know if you can, like... Tissa's gonna, like, try to, like, pass it to herself and, like, go down toward the floor, maybe? So Tissa's still trying to, like, pull at the curtain, right? Yeah, well, like, trying to trace the curtain. If you've got your hand on it, you can tell that it does make contact with the floor, but it will not, um, if you let go of it, um, you'll have to, to roll again to grab hold of it because it's trying not to be perceived. Mm -hmm. Same. Hey, how about if we each hold on to it, one person grabs the bottom and we kind of like work almost like a ladder of hands pulling it up. And then that way it's never dropped at any point. I don't know what's back there, but if you two and Polly stay close to each other, I think I can be able to find you if you go first. Or if I go last. Okay. All right. And Cobb kind of gives you a a thumbs up and a smile. I trust you. Oh, okay. We have to do this. All right, team, what are we doing? We're going to do that thing like, did you have parachutes in elementary school that like came out like once (laughs) a semester? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, so good. And were the best things to play with and you always wished you could play with them more, but you never got to. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Best part of running preschools was that I could bring it out anytime I wanted. Oh my goodness. Going mad with power, are we? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. So this is, that's how I envision this going. Okay, so you guys are trying to duck out through the hole, or? Yeah, we're trying to go under the, we're trying to duck under the veil and find the Countess. Okay. So, not through the hole that was burned in that the children went out through. Yeah, we know how to get out through that. We have to, we have to go do hero stuff. Alrighty. So we're trying to have everybody grabbing a portion of the veil. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want everybody give me adaptability focus. I can do it. I can do it nine times. I only need one, please. Three successes and one edge success. That was a really good roll. <laughs> good boy. Cobb perceives the hell out of that. One success. I also got a success. Okay. So, if my understanding is correct, everybody is grabbing onto the veil, low where it meets the ground, and trying to pull it up. 
Okay. You all heave with pretty much unified effort. Polly is standing close to Penelope and doesn't quite get what's happening. And what happens at first is that the ground moves under you. As if this wasn't the veil reaching the ground, but just a continuation of the veil down beneath you. As if you were inside a bubble of silk and gold. And the ground pulls up as you do. Like you're pulling the carpet out from under yourself. And can I get adaptability athletics from everybody, please? Heck yeah. That's where I'm a Viking. Three successes, two edge successes. Two successes. Two successes. Oh, everybody does fine, actually. So Pollyanna leaps into the air and begins flapping her wings. And as she does, you realize that the ground is literally being pulled out from under you, that the piles of dunes are collapsing and the entire space seems to be twisting around. Cobb, you are able to keep a much better head on the situation than the others. You can recognize that what's happening is it's turning inside out. The space inverts and the ground gives way beneath you and you are all suddenly falling. Oh. You land safely. You all managed to land safely because you did good rolls. Huh? Pollyanna doesn't care. She stays flying. And... In an instant, in a strange, tortured, twisted instant, the world around you vanishes out into the darkness. You find yourself in a barren stone space with the distant sound of the ocean from somewhere far away echoing through the chamber. Although the area is dry, It is mostly featureless, with the exception of the figure that stands before you. Or sits, perhaps, it is difficult to tell. She is easily 17 feet tall. Enormous, draped in rich, luxurious cloth, to the point where everything about her is obscured, with the exception of eyes whose color you cannot quite place which seem to change every time you make the mistake of looking away from them and back again. They are set in bone white skin. The fragments of her hands that you can see look like polished marble. Her face is veiled, but you can see the motion behind the sheer fabric of blood-red lips. When she leans down, and her head is easily larger than any of you, and says, Why have you not left this place? And her voice echoes here in a way that your footsteps can't manage the power to. The story's not over yet. It isn't. The stories I tell do not end with the human lifetimes. You expect it to? 
Cobb would make a snide joke here, but thinks maybe, maybe he shouldn't. <laughs> After all of his lectures to Penelope, <laughs> he can't get away with it. Probably not. That would be arrogant of me. But I do want to know where it's going. This is my domain. This place is mine. I got For a time I harbored tenants who, in their arrogance, decided to destroy the data I sent to collect trees. And now, this is still my place. And I do not ask for trees anymore. Yeah, but the kids ain't yours. At this, she blinks. This place is mine by right. All who reside here are my tenants. Whether they live within my encampment or outside it, it is ultimately my choice to make. Not this. Oh no, a landlord. <laughs> Truly the greatest evil of our world. <laughs> are, all, are all of the noble demons about ownership? A lot of them seem to be. Not all of them. You have heard stories of noble demons whose only goal seems to be conversation or entertainment. Cobb has heard tell of the Princess of the South Isles, whose only goal seems to be killing and eating people. Which I guess is a form of ownership in that I own a hamburger. Mm. <laughs> it's not really long-term ownership. I only own that hamburger for a brief while. And it depends on whether or not you work that hamburger off later. Um, Penelope's going to... I don't know if it could necessarily... Well, this is my thought process. Mm -hmm. Using adaptability humanity, because she doesn't really know much about uh, daemons and noble daemons, but kind of like using what she kind of knows about the interaction between humans and daemons to kind of figure out maybe what is something that would be really bad to do in front of this daemon or really good to do, like something that's like a really good or bad action to, to do. Yeah. Give me some rolls and God help you if you get any edge successes. Oh, <laughs> uh, Kirsten. One success and two edge successes. <laughs> oh. oh, no. For three successes, I will definitely give you a fairly detailed rundown of what you can guess this demon's motivations are and her particular picadillos, as it were. Mm -hmm. If you keep those edge successes, however... One of the things I say to you will be a lie. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to take it. You're going to take the edge successes? Yes. Here's what you can tell about the Countess of the Silver River. She genuinely perceives this place as belonging to her. 
having a place that is hers is extremely important to her. She seemed to be building up to something by gathering people and bringing them to her. She is absolutely the type to bear a grudge. She does not take insults well, nor does she take actual attacks on her retainers well. She actually does have treasure. That's a lie. One of the things I've told you is a lie. She 100% does not have treasure. Having treasure seems like it's too easy. I think that that's a decoy truth. Look, her treasure is something lame like friendship, not money. Mm. Yes, it's... Kirsten doesn't know demons, but she does know cat. <laughs> Arguably worse. Well, and also Kirsten does the, the famous double think. And it's like double and triple yep. think. And That's why I chose to give you that particular edge success. Because if I tell you one thing is a lie, you'll turn yourself inside out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, howdy. Yep. Yeah, I know you, bud. The one thing that was a lie was that one thing was a lie. Oh, no. Don't you dare. Think about it. Mm, oh. Think about it. Don't you dare. One of the things I say will be a lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be. It could be. Kat is just mad because I saw through her plan. You got me. That's why I'm mad at you right now. <laughs> I have no other reasons to be mad at you today. And, and why wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm going to keep getting information. I have three successes on understanding navigation. So we are beyond the veil. Mm -hmm. Are we still in the encampment? Is the, like, what is the relationship between this place that we are now and where we were? This appears to be a solid physical space. That is to say, it appears to have calculable limits and real physical properties. At the far end of this chamber, which you would recognize as pointing out toward the harbor, there is a cavern that leads off into the darkness. Hmm. Does it look like the cavern that we climbed out the hole into? The stone is the same. Okay. This isn't exactly the same place, but it is at least a very similar place. Like conceivably part of the same cave system? Yes. Is there any, like, sort of real-world light, or are we sort of in the... She's not the radiant one, but... Uh, no. You guys have your lanterns. Well, okay, I mean, but, like, natural light. No, there's none. Okay. Is there a ceiling? There is. Okay. Um, I have one, what, one more thing that I might try to figure out is... With understanding language, um... Can I tell if she's, like, actually speaking our language or it's just whatever she's speaking will become, like, something we'll understand kind of thing? She is speaking your language, yes. Oh. I'm not going to make you roll for that one. That one is um, a more complicated thing than I can answer with language. Um, if you had the spirit skill, we could get into it, but... Okay. None of us have the spirit skill because we're all scrubbos. My kingdom for an arcanist. <laughs> Countess, if I may, I know it hasn't been that long, but why are you by yourself? I have been. I always have been. 
successes on understanding humanity. Um, she genuinely does not seem bothered by solitude and does legitimately seem I guess almost perplexed that you've hit on the idea. Like mm-hmm. the notion that solitude would matter to her had not occurred to her until you brought it up. Okay. What are the spell pieces in this area right now? Yeah, actually, have they changed now that we're, like, in, I guess, the quote-unquote throne room? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. We are going with dark, fallen, silent, shade. Throwing mad shade. Wave and tether. So wave is still here. One more rule. Penelope's just going to do a pure understanding role um casting a non-offensive spell would that make the countess angry yeah give me a roll oh i got nothing i mean like we actually don't really know seeing as the the countess here sort of lives in a weird other space if she knows and or cares about the daleths and their servants Mm mm-hmm Flash Rangers, whatever we are, she may not. She may not know they exist, mm-hmm. and she also might know they exist, and she may not care. Yeah. Well. Hmm. Yeah. No. No. I. I wanna. I wanna lore dump. Let's uh, see if I get anything on an understanding roll. Nope. Nope. nope? I didn't. Okay. Never mind. Okay. I was about to say big understanding, but I guess little understanding. Very little. Penelope's starting to get um, very uncomfortable. She remembers last time with the prince, and then when mm-hmm. we were facing the daemon earlier, um, how it like messed with our perceptions and reality. So she's going to go for it. She's going to use Tether Heart to keep our party all kind of like together in the same space so we all kind of all ground each other kind of thing okay do you have scatter left for that i forget yeah what's your scatter looking like right now dude my scatter is i have four left really i thought huh i must have missed something unless maybe i miscalculated i might that that is a possibility Okay, so one per party member you want this effect to reach. Okay. Um, So that'd be three. Does that include myself? Like, do I have to spend one for myself? That will include yourself, yes. Oh, so I either have to... I either have to go unconscious or let Polly do her own thing. Or let Tissa do her own thing, or let Cobb do his own thing, or do your own thing yourself. Sophie's choice, said Kirsten. No. <laughs> you know, 
I think I think I'm going to keep the three of us. Yeah, I'm going to do that. So Penelope starts like humming the song that calms her and um, little miniature like fractal looking vines kind of spread from her feet to the feet of the other people of the party and kind of ground us all together. Okay. Countess, it is... No, I cannot understand. Because we are beings of peers. We are the connection. We are the dirt that we came from and will go back to. And it is why I have chosen the revenge I did. Perhaps you are as old as we are, and maybe you'll even last as long. You were grievously offended when the world outside cut off your right hand. (laughs) And I fear it may continue to happen. The world is voracious. It doesn't stop growing. And the world will claw this place back, even though you are indeed peerless. Penelope's keeping her mouth shut this time. Last time, she almost offered people as tribute. What a good girl. <laughs> what a good, smart, learning girl. Cobb is also keeping his mouth shut because otherwise he would just yell at her. <laughs> and I think, yeah, on some level, even Cobb recognizes that this is not a time for yelling. So let's metaphor a second. What do we have? Uh, I have no idea what to offer this demon. I think, well, I don't know. Other than the back of me hand. (laughs) Probably not the best idea. Hmm. I'm trying to think. First, how to say it, and then how to say it as Tissa. Um, 
though your anguish is being paid by the tenants who have released themselves as we speak. Countess, the world will join you one day and you may keep it as one keeps a garden or we can help you remain peerless. I'm listening. The concept that this place will return to dust and one is not new to me. I'm aware of it. And will do so under my strict supervision. Your second point, however, You are peerless. We are peers. And we are tethered together. You and your encampment. We could cut those tethers. Mm. I see. You propose to sever this place from the mainland? Yes. Hmm. Very well. I accept your terms on one condition. Countess? Make it known that this place is mine. All within it are mine. Everything within it is mine. This is going to look at the other three. I think Pollyanna actually lands. She's been up in the air most of this time because mm -hmm. she doesn't particularly like this. But she she does land next to you. I think she can still feel that ether tie that you cast on her. Mm -hmm. And um, Penelope will kind of nod in, in Tissa's direction. Kind of like a very like subtle nod like mm-hmm then it will remain yours and we will leave she raises her hand her left hand which bears a deep wound but is otherwise intact and motions toward the cavern leading from this chamber This is going to, like, roll her shoulders, grip at her spear a couple of times, and start walking that way. Okay. Penelope will follow. is going to follow close behind Penelope. Mm -hmm. And we will begin to leave the chamber. 
Okay. So there is a narrow cavern that carries on for several city blocks. And at the other end of it, you can hear the sound of the ocean. And you are once again in the area where you found yourself before. This wet, now the the seawater, and you can feel it. It's real seawater. Trust me, it's very real because it's coming up to about mid-calf. Hey, big... Hey, uh, Cobb. Yes? Do you think you'll be able to carry me out of here? If I have to. Mm. Or you could ride on Polly. Tissa is going to cast Fallen Finding. And it is a spell that is going to keep anybody from being able to make it to this place, to the Countess's domain. They will not be able to find their way there. Okay. How much scatter have you got? Um, I have scattered seven. Okay. And I am planning to use my season one ability to do a capstone for season one. And my season one ability is called Overscatter. It absolutely is. It's good because I'm going to ask you for a lot more scatter than three for this. Mm-hmm. So that being said, this is a persistent effect. This effect is going to remain in this place. I think we're overscattering and the amount that it costs is fairly immaterial right now. Talk to me about Fallen Finding. What does it look like? Fallen Finding reminds you of the ties to the world around you, the dust that you will become and that you came from. And as you try to reach this location, everything else pulls you back. You find yourself turning around because where you are trying to go is someplace you can't because it's not your world because your world is one that is with everybody else okay all right so those particles that we always describe when we describe Tissa's spells, these strands of glowing magic seem to unravel around Tissa and affix themselves not to this place, but as far as you can tell, to everything else. And for a blink, for just an instant, everything is connected in a spider web of shining white that vanishes, that was probably never there but that can still be felt. And Tissa just falls over. Tissa! Penelope, mm. like, rushes to try to catch her before she falls to the ground. Yeah, Cobb, Cobb is, is also there. I guess this is what you, I guess this is what she meant. <laughs> uh, well, I s- Tissa falls into seawater. <laughs> Whoops. Let's... Let's let's get her out of here. 
I guess this was the signal. I think it's time to go, Penelope. Okay. Um, Penelope's gonna daring athletics to try to help pull her up. The cave is not very tall, is it, right? It is not, no. The exit in the cave is large enough that Polly can get out, but small enough that she's real reluctant to take it. Mm. And then obviously she can't really have a passenger. I mean, she's got to, like, she's got to fit her antlers through. Like, she can probably have a person on her back. It might be easier, actually. Any, like, any supplies I have, uh, I'm going to ask Polly and Cobb as well if, like, Polly will kind of help carry them out and then we can kind of take Tissa. I think it's the easiest. Go, go. All right. Four successes. Okay, that's pretty... Actually, with four successes, you can just pick Tissa up. Okay. Like, I think oh, uh, Penelope has forgotten that she's also real big and strong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that seems to have slipped her mind on this particular occasion. I grew up on a ranch. Yeah. You can just carry Tissa. Tissa is unconscious, uh, soaked in seawater, probably not all the way through. The seawater will have to go pretty far to get all the way to the core. Um, I've also wrapped her in my jacket to keep her from getting too cold. Yeah, seawater is not a fun thing to... Yeah. And you guys emerge out into the moonlight. Most of the sides of this rock have been swallowed up by a returning tide. Marcus is still standing there on his vigil. He seems extremely irritated. The stars are shining above. Stars you haven't seen in literally who knows how long. And uh, Marcus sees you and he, he kind of starts and is, is, is she all right? I, I'm, I'm not sure. Something, something happened. And then she, then she collapsed. Um, she seems to be um, breathing and, and okay in that respect. Um, I think she might just need some rest and some time. Yeah, we got to get her back to the ship. Have all of the... Uh have all the kids been taken care of, or are they hanging around? Ugh, yes. They're fine. Good. Ugh. All right. Into the ship, everyone. Not you. And Pollyanna kind of shakes her antlers at him. <laughs> she wasn't going to get in the boat anyway. She hates it. <laughs> Polly doesn't like boats. Yeah. So the party gets on the little rowboat and rows back out to the West Breaker, which sits on a placid ocean. Largely unaware of anything that has happened. It is quiet aboard the Westbreaker. Those who are up on watch are just sitting, having a drink. They were aware of your leaving and they greet you, not really knowing all of what has occurred while they have been sitting on deck. And you take Tissa to her uh, campsite effectively and you realize that all of her things are where you guys were camping as I just remembered <laughs> just now yep there is a cot there is there is a cot <laughs> which you kind of delicately lay our hero down on I don't know whether Tissa uses the cot but there is one <laughs> Penelope places her on the cot because she's like, I want her to be cozy, comfy. Mm-hmm. And now Tissa, lie down, go sleep. And I 
have one question before party go sleep. My question before party go sleep is, um, is Penelope going back for the campsite? Am I? Oh, okay. So, well, I thought we laid Tissa on her ca- cot on the campsite. Yep. So yep. we are at the campsite, aren't we? Oh, uh, no. no. No, we're the boat. Because Tissa doesn't know how to room. Yeah, that's just how Tissa perceives her bedroom. Oh, I see, I see. Oh, because Tissa has a cot. Uh, let me Let me do some calculations because... And I mean, we're pretty much done, so this is mostly just like what you guys do. I'm not going to be asking for a lot of rules from here on out. Okay, um, but I am going to do a understanding tracking, maybe, just to see is, like, how because we were kind of near where all the events took place. Is that our campsite? No, you guys were a ways inland. Okay. Then in that case, uh, yes. Penelope okay. will, once Tissa's um, on the boat, she's going to hop onto Polly and grab the stuff from the camp. All right. Um, so I think we're going to wrap up this story arc next time, because if I'm checking my watch, I'm looking at my watch, and it looks like it's memory time. Do, 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 do. Memories. <laughs> no, that was the one. No, that was the one. Yeah, that was it. Okay. I know the memory time jingle. <laughs> this is true. Karsten, your memories. I actually enjoyed the interaction between Tissa and the Countess in the fact that it's so very different from how Penelope interacts with everything in that yeah. it was very like measured and thoughtful I actually really thought the pauses added something to it as well. I, I kind of liked that. Okay. I'll make sure to leave some of them in then. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> some. <laughs> but, um, Nick. I liked Tissa's big fancy spell, even though we had to carry her out of the... Uh... Yeah. It was, it was actually a real good use of, like, a, um, a, a season spell and, like, yeah, it was a good moment for it to happen. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that spell, actually. I think it was it was a good capstone. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> Kathleen. Um, <laughs> it is just intimidating dealing with noble demons. <laughs> Yay! Like, measured response, also like, okay, I have to be careful with my words. Mm-hmm. I definitely heard that. <laughs> <laughs> and then trying real hard to have a philosophical discussion with something that uh, is like, yeah, yeah, this is this is one on one shit, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. I like how attentive Penelope's been to the party. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, I liked that too, actually. We, we've got a Penelope who's very concerned about the people around her. She's not just stealing things. Penelope is rash and immature, but in earlier game, I had kind of neglected that part of her that kind of initially set her off on her journey to begin with, which was that wanting to be helpful. Oh, you're doing a great job, bud. Yeah, it's going great. Okay. So speaking of doing a great job, you, the listener, are doing a great job listening to us. You're excellent at it. 
You're so good at this. So if you'd like to show off how good you are at listening to us, you can drop us a line at Peach Garden RPGs on Twitter, or you can use the email form on our website. And we'll congratulate you for the good job you're doing. And what's that website? Oh, yeah, peachgardengames.com. Yeah, that's the website. That's right. Peachgardengames.com. You can also find the manual there for free if you want to play along with us. It's fun. You should play it. Mm, Do it. You should play with us. Yeah, send us your memory time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us about the characters you build. Tell us about the, the memories you create. Tell us about your dumbest spells. Like really dumb ones. You you do have a pretty uh, pretty high bar to live up to in that regard, but we think you can do it. <laughs> See if you yep. can beat our current record holder. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye everybody. Bye everybody. Bye. bye. We'll be waiting on those spells. <laughs> <laughs>